Have you ever been frustrated with someone else? Have you ever? Well, that's not a very Christian thing. No. <laughs> Have you ever had so much tension with somebody else that you avoided being around them? Or maybe that if you were in the same room, it'd either get real volatile or it would be real quiet. One of the other ones? Is that you today? Are you stressed out? Are you angry with the person next to you right now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, just trying to ease the tension, baby. Just trying to ease the tension. All right. So a- as we think about this, this is a universal experience. A lot of times, I don't know if you've noticed this, but a lot of times other people don't do what they, we think they should. And a lot of times they do things that we know they shouldn't be doing. And it can be really frustrating with other people and the bad choices they make, right? Relationships are hard. You ever have just those times where it's just really awkward with somebody else? So whatever we're going through right now, I, I would say that all of us could say, I hopefully we'll agree on this, but that people are really complicated. And so relationships are complicated too. And some more than others. Um, Jesus, here's some really good news. Jesus walked on planet Earth. The Word became flesh. God became flesh. We call that the incarnation or the truth of Emmanuel, God with us. That God didn't just stay absent but, but walked around. And he got to experience some of the joys and struggles of human relationships. And know, and know the differences of differences of opinions and conflicts and wrongdoing and all that. So Jesus got to experience all that. And so he had quite a bit of experience in dealing with conflict. And the Sermon on the Mount talks about dealing with conflict as well. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. Before we get into today's, we'll just summarize what Pastor Emily talked about last week. And that was anger. Jesus talked about the command, you shall not murder. But then he went into about, uh, to being angry and insulting other people. And how we deal with that anger that we have towards other people and Jesus warned about that. So we're going to move along. And if you, you didn't get a chance to watch that, uh, you can go onto our podcast or you can go to YouTube or Facebook and check that out. Really great message last week. Moving on to Matthew 5, 23. Therefore, if you are offering your gift, so therefore it's pointing back to the anger and insulting other people. Uh, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there... Remember that your brother or sister has something against you. And we are going to pause. One of the challenges, one of the problems that we have in hearing some of these words is that for a lot of us, they're too familiar. We know what's coming. And I'm going to pause and say, if you're here, if you're not a Christian, we're so grateful to have you with us. We hope that what you hear is helpful, and we hope that you know that we honor and appreciate you. Um, if you, if you don't know a lot about the Bible, that's okay too. We try to make it easy and, and there's no bad questions. Uh, so we'll stop, we'll, we'll start right there and we'll say, let's try to, if we know what's coming, try to pretend like we don't know what's coming. Try to get back into the original audience who was somewhat familiar with the Old Testament law, what they might have been expecting a religious leader to say. Okay, so I'll read it again, and then we'll try to imagine. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there, remember that your brother or sister has something 
against you? What, what might they have been anticipating? Here's one that I think. If you remember, if you're at the altar, if you're in church, remember that something has, some, someone has something against you, put it out of your mind and focus on God. Right? This is about God. It's not about people. Don't, don't be an idolater. Just worship God and let go. Or maybe here's another one. And this is if Jesus were kind of a, like the... Right there, if you're at the altar and you're offering your gift and you remember somebody, why don't you increase it? Take your wallet out and give a little bit more. That'll make sure that God is on your side and God will be on your side right now that might work for a fundraising activity right but that's not what jesus said maybe what they and my my thinking is it probably pictures that we gave would have been less shocking to a lot of the people listening let's hear what he says next 524 leave your gift at the altar leave your gift there in front of the altar leave it leave church Leave the service. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Now to some people who were listening, it sounded like, like what, is, what is Jesus saying here? Is he saying that my relationship with a human being is more important than my relationship with God? Like why would I leave a church service? Why would I leave my offering there and, and go and take care of that first before. I mean, church or those worship services be the priority. Jesus said this, and it's pretty shocking. And we're going to think about the importance that he placed on it. But let's move on first before we get back around to this. 5, 25 through 26. Subtle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you're together on the way. Your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. All right, so Jesus talked about if somebody has something against you, try to settle that grievance if you can. But one thing about grievances, are grievances and offenses one way? No, they are at least two ways. So somebody may wrong might be upset or I may wrong the other person. In these, this particular instance, Jesus is addressing somebody who has something against you, somebody who has a grievance against you. We're going to flip a little bit, just flip forward where Jesus talks about you having a grievance against somebody else. All right, so we're going to Matthew 18. If your brother or sister sins... Go and point out their fault just between the two of you. All right, so, so right here he's talking about there's somebody that has offended you in some way. Go first and talk about it privately. This is really difficult. Because I think, too, there's so much value with counselors. Like we said, relationships are difficult. So as we wrestle with what Jesus is talking about, Jesus is really challenging us in the Sermon on the Mount. And as we're challenged by Jesus' teaching here, we're really going to wrestle and maybe look at ourselves and look at our relationships. Wrestle and maybe see some ways that we can do better. As we wrestle with that, what happens? 
Because I think, you know, when we have tension with somebody else, a lot of times it makes sense to go to a counselor. I think counseling is a really good idea a lot of times. I got a problem. Maybe I got a problem with somebody else. Can I go to a third-party person and just kind of talk about my issues? Again, relationships are complicated. Sometimes going straight to the person seems like the worst possible solution. But how, how do we deal with this? What do we do? A lot of times, spouses, parents, to, to come home from work or school and to talk to our spouse about frustration we have with other coworkers or students or teachers or supervisors or whatever, like that makes a ton of sense. What is it that Jesus is getting out, of, out for us here? It does get really, it gets really difficult as we, again, relationships are not emotionally neutral. We feel so much emotion about relationships. There's so much that happens. There's maybe baggage that we carry or complicated emotions that we can't even understand ourselves. So what is it that we, what is it that we do? I think one of the things that we can acknowledge is that, yeah, it can be helpful to go talk to a counselor type person, whether it's a spouse, uh, a counselor, um, somebody to, to talk about our problems. But there is something in, in human nature, and I think this is one of the things that Jesus is warning us against. There's something in human nature that sometimes I might go to a third party, not looking to help with that relationship, but looking for an ally. And it, it sounds really bad, and I know I've been guilty of it, probably all of us have. But instead of like really trying to handle the relationship, but to go and look to see who's on my side of this. <laughs> like this happens so often in relationships. Can I, can I turn this person against the one that I'm upset with too? Can I air my grievances so that that person knows how bad this person is who has wronged me? Complicated. Um, so I know, again, I know this is touchy, but one of the things that I want to challenge is, is on, as we think about how we talk about other people, I want to think about how we want other people to talk about us. When we're not there, or how we want to be treated in, in a conflict. Because Jesus gives us this really brilliant principle. It's here that we can find it in Matthew seven twelve, And this is something to just to really focus on, to not let go of. Because we need to hear it over and over and over. So in a few things. So in conflicts. Okay, that's, way, that's maybe a different translation. No, so in everything. In everything includes the good times and the bad, right? The times where there's grievances or the times where there's not. The times where it's a joy or it's a pain. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And the law and the prophets is an expression that Jesus is using to sum up the, the entire Hebrew scriptures or what we might call the Old Testament. Jesus is saying, if we get this principle, do to others as we would have them do to us, that sums up all of the Hebrew scriptures. Do you think Jesus is communicating that this is really important? Yeah, I would, I would say so. I think so. Um, so on Sundays, there's this expression. Is that after church, church people go and have chicken and the pastor for lunch. Have you ever heard that one? <laughs> Now, it's kind of funny, right? Uh, but but the, that what it communicates is a lot of times people go and maybe they'll 
criticize something that they don't like about the past or whatever. And I'm not here to like defend myself or to say, hey, don't talk bad about me or criticize me. But just kind of a humorous way of pointing out that that's, that's just kind of what's known to happen. Like you, you come, you, how do you deal with your frustrations? What do you, what do? You do? Um, because if you're a pastor, if you're a leader, criticism does come with the territory. I know that. Um, but there are these, let's see, there are these conversations that I'll have sometimes, that I'll have sometimes. And sometimes it is, hey, I was mad about this several years ago, but now. And one of the things that I think, if you've ever been in one of these conversations, is I had no idea they were mad at me. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't know I feel bad about or. All these people are are mad, you know, like, well, you know, like, okay. But if I don't know about it, it can be really difficult. So to to think about, as we we talk about other people, how it comes across to us. Are we treating people the way that we want to be treated? Um, Recently, so I told you just some things that happened, and probably all of us have had similar experiences where we hear something, somebody's maybe upset, we had no idea, or we hear people are mad and we don't know who they are. Maybe that even happens online or whatever. Uh, but there was this one situation here fairly recently where I had done something. I made a decision that offended someone. Now, what happened was the person came to me. They came to me and they told me what I had done that offended them in a very respectful manner. That was it. I mean, and that seems really simple, sim- uh, really simple. But just to see that handled in such a good way was like, fantastic. That's what Jesus modeled. I had done something that had offended someone, and they came straight to me. They didn't go to a bunch of other people and look for allies first. Uh, but they just came to me and said, hey, in a very respectful way, you, you did this. I didn't agree with it. Okay, great. We, we, can, talk, we can work with that. And I, that's a person that I really respect, and my respect only increased with that, with that conversation. Um, as, as we wrestle with this, for most of us, and maybe this is, I don't know percentage, but most of us, it's really, really hard to deal with conflict. And if we feel like somebody has caused us, offended us in some way, it can be really difficult to go and have a productive conversation or to point it out. Uh, we are wired as human beings for a response to threat, and conflict is a threat. And those are what? Fight or flight, if our lizard brain, as people call it, take over, and we go to fight, what happens? Violence, right? We go on the attack, we say things maybe or do things that we regret, and that's not handling it well, right? If we just fight and attack and and just go all in. Or, what was the other one? Flight. Run away, right? To, to get away from the situation, to maybe avoid it. And there's a time to do that, obviously, like just to let some time go and see what happens. And, hey, was this a big deal? Sometimes it's not a big deal. But sometimes in that flight, in that avoidance, what happens is it's really, there's the bitterness is still there. The offense hasn't been dealt with. So even though I didn't admit I was wrong, I still feel that anger and bitterness and haven't dealt with it yet. So again, this is really difficult. Uh, If you do this like Jesus, do to others, and uh, as he says, so uh, 
If your brother or sister offends you, you go straight to that person. If you do this, you might have good results and you might not. There's nothing that's guaranteed. Matthew 18, 16 says this. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along that e- so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Again, when the, the one-on-one's not working out, it, it can make sense to bring in a, a couple others. And maybe a couple others can create safety in that conversation. And uh, so that's a, that's a very reasonable thing. There's a conflict. It's ongoing. Can't solve it with this person. Maybe having some other trusted people who are safe, who aren't going to gossip about things, maybe that would help. So again, that might be helpful, but success is not guaranteed, unfortunately. Matthew eighteen seventeen. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen, even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. And this seems really harsh here, doesn't it? But as we're wrestling with it, how do you think Jesus would treat a pagan and a tax collector? What do you think? Harsh? Critical? (laughs) What would be the difference if you're following Jesus and how you treat a pagan and tax collector versus how you treat a brother or sister? What's the difference? What's that? Yeah. Maybe there's less familiarity. Maybe you back up and be like, okay, I know that there's something from keeping us getting real close, and I got to let that go for a while. That doesn't mean I'm going to go badmouth you or take you down or whatever. But there's going to be a little bit. We've tried. We haven't got to that place of resolution. There's a barrier. But it still doesn't mean I'm going to mistreat you or do anything else that violates the way of Jesus talked about in the, the Sermon on the Mount. So less familiarity. Maybe don't, don't try to hold that person accountable. Maybe he's saying, hey, you've done your part. You tried. And that's, that's more, sometimes just trying. Like people who try, that's a great thing. Because the truth of it is, is that I can't control another human being. You can't control a human being. We just don't have control over anyone else. We're only responsible. We're responsible to care for each other. But we cannot make anybody else's choices it's the way of jesus the way of god who's given us freedom so this is not saying to you to allow i want to make a note allow abuse if there's someone who's abusive that's not something that jesus would stand for we would step in if there's an abuse situation to protect people from being harmed Um, because this here is dealing with past grievances not opening ourselves up to abuse or that kind of behavior so As we look at it, Jesus is talking us to do our part in reconciling relations, dealing with conflict, to do our part in it. And it is simple how Jesus has said it, but is it easy? No. (laughs) That's a loud no. This stuff is not easy. That's one of the things we talk about coming to connect and encourage, but also to challenge. Jesus' words are very challenging. The way of Jesus is challenging. Uh, it was mentioned earlier that the road is narrow, so this is really hard stuff to put into practice, but it has so much potential. Even in the Lord's Prayer, as Jesus taught us about this, uh, forgive us our, our debts or forgive us our trespasses, forgive us our, our grievances as we forgive others. It's simple, but not easy. So we're going to move away from Jesus for just a second and go to something Paul wrote in Ephesians. Ephesians 4, 26 through 27. 
in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. How many of you like this verse? Some of you do. My hand wasn't up, by the way. I hate this verse. Jenny knows why I hate this verse. Early, uh, early in our marriage, maybe not always early, but it's been a while. We're too tired now. When we would have a late night argument where we were not seeing eye to eye, and it might start like right before we about ready to go to sleep, and things were not going well, and the, we were not moving towards any sort of a reconciliation. There was still that space, that anger. And for me, Jenny sometimes is fire, and I can be ice. So for me, like my, my thing that I want to do is I when the point where I wanted to just freeze her out and call it a night, she'd say, no, do not let the, do not let, uh, the sun go down while you're still angry. I was like, oh, I hate this verse. So terrible. Now, in my defense, I don't think that, that it means always you have to do this. If there's a fight at night, you have to get to a place of perfect peace uh, before you can go to bed. Because sometimes it makes sense to have a good night's sleep, to back off and call ceasefire for a while, right? That's a very self-serving. <laughs> some people are looking at, some of you are on my side, some of you are not. That's okay, because my interpretations don't matter. That's my self-serving interpretation. Got to back up, call a ceasefire, we'll deal with it in the morning. But the general principle is, do not let it linger. Look, think about the language First, go and be reconciled. You got a gift at the altar. First, go and be reconciled. Settle matters quickly. There's an urgency. Uh, there's an urgency to what Jesus is saying. Urgency to reconcile. Because the longer we let things linger, and that's some of the things. Sometimes just don't want to deal with it. Like it can get to that point where the space isn't helping. Things are lingering and maybe even getting worse. The, the space between the two is growing. As it lingers, it might give the devil a foothold. What is, the word devil is diablos. And that can also be translated as accuser, slanderer, or one who divides. We'll look at the the role that the devil plays. Accusing, slandering, blaming, lying, dividing. And even the word that we have, diabolical, comes from that. And diabolical means to throw apart. So the work of the devil is to throw things apart, to, to, bring, to come in and to divide and conquer. As Jesus famously said, well, back, back to Jesus. We're not leaving him now. Mark 3.25, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And Jesus, at the end, speaking of houses, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he ends this whole sermon by having an illustration of two houses. One survives the storm, and one crumbles in the storm. The devil has a diabolical plan to, again, divide and conquer and bring things down. Um, So as we're, again, we're talking about this, and maybe personal stories are coming up or emotions, and one of the things that I want to be clear on is that reconciliation is really difficult. This stuff is, again, it's simple, but it's not easy. I'm going to give you two quick illustrations before we wrap things up. I read a book by a hostage negotiator and a peace negotiator. He taught classes, I think, at Harvard, so he was really learned. He had a lot of confidence about how to handle conflicts. 
He dealt with government, uh, like in trying to negotiate peace treaties, ceasefires, and hostage situations. As I read this book, he had some really good points. And he was talking about his personal life, and this man was divorced. And I was thinking, man, this guy who has worked in, with governments and in hostage, high-stress situations, in his marriage, like to even keep two people together, can be really, really difficult. And that's not to have any shame or uh, blame on divorce. That's part of life. But just a guy who has all the answers still was not able to find the right answers or know all the right stuff for his marriage to stay together. Another one, we had a, a group of pastors meeting uh, where I lived beforehand in Frankfurt. And the, the host pastor wanted us to watch a video on reconciliation. Right? Reconciliation is always an important topic in church because there's just a lot of feelings that, that we have and, and maybe tensions. And in the video, he, he gave us a disclaimer before he watched. He's like, okay, this organization right here that's teaching about how to do reconciliation just so you know, there's another ministry that does the, almost the same thing. And these two organizations, Christian organizations, are suing each other over intellectual property. Let that sink in, okay? They're teaching us how to reconcile and they're suing these two organizations dedicated. So, just, just for the point, this stuff's really hard. And if you feel like you're failing at it, so does probably about all of us. So this isn't a load on shame or blame, but look to the way of Jesus. This is, the application is simple, but not easy. Following the way of Jesus, and it's trying, whatever mess we're in, trying as best as we can to move forward and making that attempt to do to others as we would have them do to us, to treat others that way. Jesus had plenty of conflict and strained relationships in his life on earth, but he was the ultimate peacemaker peacemaker and he promised that as we follow his path and pursue it it's not always possible as far as it is possible with you it's not always possible but if we follow that path of the ultimate peacemaker that will be blessed so we'll close out with these words from the beatitudes jesus said in matthew 5 9 blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of god i'm going to ask our worship team to to come forward now they're going to prepare us with a song before we go into communion. Here we do practice open communion, which anyone is welcome to participate. It's an acknowledgement of a desire to follow the way of Jesus, to, to the, uh, a faith in him. It's an acknowledgement of the gift that he's given. As Jesus in, in uh, communion, it's remembering that Jesus was the ultimate reconciler. He had the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus in, God, in Jesus, God took that first step of reconciliation towards us. And in communion, we are demonstrating our willingness to not step away, but to lean in to that step that God's taken to us with Jesus' gift to us by dying on the cross for us, for our reconciliation. So it is a great gift. So let us prepare our hearts with this song before we go in. But before we do, will you pray the Lord's Prayer with me? Our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread